Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to be joined by fellow foster mama, Emily Smithhart today. She is going to be telling us about her story and just sharing some wisdom with us about bio family and how to connect with them. That's something you said, Emily, that's really been on your heart. So I'd love for you just to give us a little background about yourself and your family first before we dive into that. All right. So um, yeah, I've been married to my husband, Bennett, for almost six years. Um, we actually, we met in Mississippi. I'm from California. He's from Mississippi. I was living in Mississippi for a season. We met there. We had our biological son, Oliver, who is now four, um, when we were living in Atlanta. And then right after that, we moved to California and we started fostering when our son was about two and a half. And so we have had six different kids come in through foster care. And right now we have um, our biological four-year-old and a foster baby who is seven months. Wow. Okay. And so how long has this um, foster baby been with you guys? He has been with us since July. We actually received him as a disrupted placement from a relative that wasn't able to care for him. Wow. Okay. So you guys have like been in the foster care side of life for a little minute. Yeah. You're still kind of newer, but have had a lot of experience in a short time. Yes. So when you got into foster care, what was your thinking around what it would look like for your family? Did you have any expectations at all about long-term or short-term or what did you guys think? So our family, um, a little different in the sense, I feel like there's a lot of people that go into foster care, just wanting to like expand and grow their families. And we have kind of like a long-term plan where we would love for there to be more kids in our permanent family, like way down the road. But for this season of life, we really just wanted to foster and help families reunify. I started fostering or not foster. I started babysitting for a family that fostered um, and adopted when I was in high school. And so um, that was just always something that was on my heart that we wanted to do. And we actually started taking foster care classes in Georgia before we found out we were pregnant with our son. And just because of moves, we've actually been gone through the training three times, (laughs) (laughs) all the hours of the trainings and all the videos three times. But yeah, so we are just really excited to help kids have a family while they are kind of in that middle zone of being away from their permanent family or to their, if they had to go to an adoptive family, really just kind of wanted to be that bridge in the middle to help them. But really our expectation was solely focused on the kids. Like (laughs) we did not have any expectation about interacting or meeting with bio families, did not at all think that our lives would be intersecting with another family. We really just thought about it in the sense that we were going to be opening up our home and our family to some children that would be coming into our home. Mm, I think that's so common. I honestly, I'll be, you know, honest in the beginning for us, I was like, well, why we started fostering was to help children who need a safe place to land for a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's not long at all into it when you're like at an icebreaker meeting with a parent and you're like, oh, Hey, human being whose child is now in my care that you don't know me at all. It's so weird. Ah, 
And how do you deal with that? Like, could you give some kind of story um, and just background about how you've been experiencing biofamily relations? Because it's not always yeah. easy or cut and dry. No. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things like I said, we we've gone through three different foster care trainings and no training prepared me for interactions with <laughs> biological parents. I remember one, like my current agency did a really cool, um, like interactive training session where it helped us to like picture ourselves in a bio parent's shoes to kind of get gain empathy for what it might feel like to have your child taken um, and, you know, generational trauma. And so I remember that being really impactful. And I remember always, you know, just kind of thinking that bio parents, you know, they're not thinking that they are the enemy. I was never afraid of them. I, I never thought that they were the enemy or that, you know, they should never deserve to get their children back. I just didn't really think that it was my job to interact with them because no one ever told me <laughs> a, that I would have to, that that was part of fostering was also interacting with bio families. And I just didn't also didn't know like what a gift it could be mm -hmm. to get to move towards those families. Um, outside of just the kids. So I remember, so our very first placement we had was, an, we do emergency foster care. So no idea. We had two brothers, one only stayed 12 hours. He had um, a non-offending parent and he was able to go home. And then the other little boy, he was one and a half and he was only with us for a week. And then he was able to move on to a safe relative. But in that week, I had my very first experience of going to court and meeting parents for the first time at court in our county, our pre-COVID, uh, the judge really liked to meet the children at the first court hearing, which I think is so cool because the judges are making all of these big decisions and a lot of the time never even see the children. And so I brought this little one-year-old to court and I remember walking through the doors and seeing yeah, his mom and his dad and some extended family. And you could just tell nobody had no idea what to do. Like I just remember looking at them and seeing so much pain in their eyes as they were looking at their child and like, they didn't know if they were allowed to come towards him. I honestly didn't know what I was allowed to do, but I just looked at them and I just had this like sense of like peace and kind of urgency even to move towards them. And so I remember walking towards them and saying like, hi, I'm Emily. <laughs> like, here's your boy. He's doing great. Do you want to hold him? And they were like, I, I can hold him is that okay? And I, honestly, I had no idea because no one told me, but I mean, I was, yeah, he's your son. You're his dad. Hold him. I'm right here. And it was, I, I think it was just one of those things where I thought it would be a lot more awkward than it really was. But I think that I just felt like keep moving towards them. If you think back to like the root of the fear, it's like, what was there to be afraid of in that situation? Like no one was going to be running off with him or harming him. Like we were in a safe place with lots of adults around, like who would be at loss? Like, what would we be hurting by letting these parents like hold their child, like give him a snack, like sit on their lap. Um, it was just an opportunity to move towards them in that moment. And we had made um, a little like footprint snowman to hand to them. So we had a little piece of art to give them that made them cry. And it was just really sweet to them. And I remember just asking them some questions saying, Hey, so-and-so is having a really hard time with baths in the, in the evening. Like, what do you like to, what do you normally do for bath time? And they are like, Oh, well, he really likes these color bombs. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. We'll run to target right after this and grab some. And so it was just really cool to be able to just show them like, Hey, you are the mom. And you are the dad and I am here for your son. I love him just as if he was my own, but I know that you are his parents. I was able to kind of set that up right at the beginning, but yeah, but then at the end of court, we were leaving and I remember them saying, Hey, can I have your number? And I just froze. 
<laughs> because I'm such a rule follower, Kathleen. And so I just, this was my first time and nobody told me what I was allowed to do or not do. And again, I didn't feel like I was afraid, but it felt like workers and just in general, the system, it's kind of like foster parents versus bio parents. And there are certain things you can and can't do. And I just, I didn't know. So I remember just saying, um, I don't know. <laughs> and I just said that out loud. And I said, um, what if you give me your number and then I can figure out a way to contact you. And so, you know, and at that point my worker said, oh, you know, I don't think you should give your number, but you know, there's Google voice. There's a lot of other ways that you can save. So I was able you know, I didn't use my number that time. I like found a different number and I was able to text her pictures and like, Hey, look at the bath bombs were awesome. And it was such a joy. And she was so respectful. She didn't, you know, overuse it. It was so appreciative. Uh, and at the end of that week, again, it was only one week, but at the end of the week, she had texted me and just saying, you know, like, thank you so much for making like the worst week of our lives <laughs> so much better by knowing that he was being taken care of so well. Oh, and yeah. That's so beautiful. Like, I just love that so much. It's just, you know, like you said, like, it's just, it's really just saying, okay, I'm going to step towards you. I really like how you put that. Like there's, we're all just human beings. Like we're just stepping towards another human being in a really painful circumstance and just showing compassion and treating them the way that we'd want to be treated ourselves. So I just love how simply you just said that and how, you know, even in your own like uncertainty, you were willing to be like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. Way to stay in contact. Yeah. Yeah. And then our next placement, we had two twins uh, or two and a half, the same age as my biological son at the time. So it was crazy. Oh my goodness. It was the first week or like a one week into lockdown (laughs) where you can't go anywhere. And so here, I mean, like we didn't have any sort of contact with mom, like at all for a couple of weeks. And then we started those really awkward zoom video video visits. And so, I mean, it was months until that we were able to even see her in person. And so I feel like our And again, being such a rule follower with COVID and with social workers, I just, I only did what I was allowed to do, which was like on the visits, try to pop in like, Hey, how are you? But they're really, I I just feel like I missed out on so many opportunities to connect with her at the first months of Mm -hmm. the case. And then even down the road, I mean, I think it was probably 10 months down the road until we actually like exchanged numbers and started, I started moving closer to her. And I think a lot of that was just, I don't know, not again, not necessarily a fear, but just a kind of like a protective nature over my kids and wanting to honor the social workers and just not knowing what was okay. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I had a friend in another County who said that she was expected to have all of the, all of her bio parents were always invited to her doctor visits. And I was like, what? I was like, they're allowed to come to a doctor's visit? It's like, no way. I'm like, I never even thought about that. I was making all these appointments and like barely even telling her about them because I was just told, send everything to the social worker, mm-hmm. send pictures to the social worker. And so I was just feeling like I was just operating out of what I was told to do and didn't realize that there are respectful ways that you can move towards the bio families and still respect your social workers. They're just, I think our social workers typically are protective over us <laughs> and yeah. they don't want us to, um, you know, to burn out or to move too quickly and to make sure that we have boundaries in place. But at the same time, I think during that season, I just wasn't moving at all mm-hmm. when there was, there were ways that I could have been just actively loving her more. And we did a couple little things like we'd bring her some gifts for her birthday and 
Christmas and we tried to do a few little things. So I just feel like as far as like the relationship, like getting to know each other um, and showing her how much I was on her side, I really missed a lot of those opportunities in those first few months. Did that impact things later on for you? Did you feel like things were off or just trouble connecting? Did that ever feel like a problem? So one of the most awkward, so again, I feel like in the beginning, it was so, I think, I think it's more, I think at the end, I think we were able to get to that place. But in the beginning, I think there definitely was a disconnect. And honestly, it's a disservice for the boys to have two moms that aren't well connected. You no, know, I think yeah. that's more <laughs> thing like as awkward and weird as it is. It's like at that season, like they have two moms mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the more that these moms can learn to love each other and work together, the less awkward it is for them, the more normal and the more like supported they are. I remember one of the awkward Zoom <laughs> visits we were having this is one of like the worst memories that I have was that they both of the boys were calling out like they were like mom 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 and they um they're they also had older siblings that were on these visits as well in different homes um and so the older siblings were all like mom mom they're calling you mom they're calling you just remember her saying they're not calling me they're calling her and I just had no idea what to say or how to react to that. And I'm not even on the screen. I'm like off to the side and just sat there in such awkwardness. And I just remember like, I had no idea what to do and asking my social workers, like, what do I do? Like, are they, should I be telling them not to call me mom? Should I be correcting that? Like what's protocol? And I think that, so, and honestly, and I think a lot of the awkwardness that we were both feeling was because we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we did not know each other at all. And so I, finally, like a few months in, as I started just being more intentional with little moments here in California, we get to do like transportation, okay. which I love getting to do for visits because that's when you get to interact with the bio parents. And so you can't have that. And we've sent notes sometimes and that helps, but I really started being more intentional with checking in with her, asking how she's doing. Um, having little moments of conversation, asking for her advice on what she would do with the boys, sharing things that they've been doing or learning and um, eventually got to, and I think it was more when unsupervised visits were about to start is when I just said, Hey, like you're transporting now I'm transporting you. Like we're meeting together without social workers. I was like, is it okay if I have your number? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that she was trying to be really respectful of the process too. And so she had never asked me so I think part of me, I was thinking, oh, well, she doesn't want my number. She doesn't want to have this. And I'm sure she was thinking the same thing that she was just trying. We we're both like trying to be respectful, but in trying to be respectful, sometimes I think you can miss the opportunity for relationship and connection mm-hmm. when you're too worried about what you should be doing <laughs> versus, I think that's my problem is I was worrying too much about what I should have been doing or what I was allowed to do versus like, how do I love this mama well? And so that is like moving forward. Like that is the bigger question (laughs) that I ask. I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to follow protocols. But like my bigger question is like, how can I love this mama (laughs) and this dad? Like, how can I love them really well? And so I remember when our twins reunified um, the end of April, they got to go home to their mom. And, and I remember that they heard just saying to them as they're leaving, like, you have two moms, like we are a team now. And like her words were coming with that. And the boys went like, they would look before reunification. I remember one time, one of the boys coming up, but looking at me like, mama, mama, looking back, mama. He's like, whoa, mama, mama, mama. (laughs) And her her saying like, yeah, you have two moms. How special is that? 
And I think this is because we were able to form a relationship where she knew that her role as their mom was not threatened. And therefore she was able to acknowledge that like my role in this season was their mama. And now, you know, six months later, uh, I still get to have a relationship with her and with the boys. Um, They came over for a sleepover a couple of weeks ago and uh, she and one of her older daughters like came into my house and had pizza with us. And, you know, she saw their pictures up on our wall and heard them calling me mama still. And um, it was just sweet. Like it's not typical and it's weird, but that is just kind of like the beautiful, like weird extended family relationship that we've been able to create because we are both willing to move towards each other. And I know so many times like some bio mamas are not able um, to be as secure in that. Whereas like, I feel like I was really lucky with (laughs) this bio mama where she was, she was secure in her role as their mom. And so she was able to see my temporary mama role and not be threatened by that. And so we were able to have what is still, I mean, messy at times, of course, but overall, I'm just really grateful that I have a relationship with her and her boys still. That's so beautiful. I love it so much. I feel like that's like such a picture of what I think God would just want foster care to be, you know, just like loving every single person involved as best as you can. And just saying, you know, I do want to follow the rules, but more importantly, I want to love you. And how can I do that? Well, because that's what I'm really here to do. Um, so I just love that reminder. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. Is there any encouragement that you would give to someone who's like, maybe not, who's having trouble connecting with bio family or who's like afraid to, or just someone who's like, I have tried and it didn't go well. What would you kind of encourage them with? I would just say like, there is always some, there's always something you can do. Like there's always some way that you can move toward someone with love. (laughs) And sometimes you need to think outside of the box. And I also think sometimes we stop doing things when we, when they're not reciprocated. And that just, so I would say like, if you're in that place and it's hard and you feel like you've been trying and you're getting nothing back, like don't stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> like keep going. And there are so many ways um, that I found, you know, like for our baby right now, even like before we, he was placed with us, like as soon as I found out, I set up a family album app. It's a really cool app. If you haven't heard of it, where you're allowed to send pictures, um, on this app and you can invite family members or like if you have a social worker or a safe family member, they can invite bio mom, bio dad, extended family. So we're able to send pictures um, and do that. So at the very beginning, that's all I was doing. I was sending pictures. And then the very first time that we had a visit, I sent a note and I feel like it's just kind of thinking, Hey, like how else can I show her that I'm for her? And I'm in that note, just saying like, Hey, I know, I know and acknowledge that you are their mom you are his mom. And I also promise you that I will love him just as if he was my own while hoping and praying that he will get to go home to you soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just the more that we show them that we're for them yeah, and like, we're rooting for them. Like when we acknowledge their space as mom, I think that that helps us to open up the pathways to connection. And so just kind of thinking about like, Hey, where am I now? Or maybe you think, Hey, like, yeah, we have a pretty good relationship. Like, you know, I send the notes and 
you know, I text every now and then, then I think the encouragement would be like, okay, well, like what else could you do? Mm-hmm. You know, like there isn't a top <laughs> topped out level. Yeah. And you know, there's some people who uh, we haven't gotten to a place yet where we have invited her into our house. That's, you know, maybe next step. Um, but we've just been kind of like slowly figuring out, like we went to the pumpkin patch with mom. We had mom and dad uh, met us at our church for a trunk or treat, not to like see their kiddo baby in costume and walk around all together. And just always constantly thinking and asking, like, how can I love them better? If this wasn't, you know, if it was reversed, if I was away from my son, like, what do I wish that someone else was doing? Like, I wish that somebody else was treating my son like their own, I, that he was loved and taken care of. So the more that I can let them know, like, oh, hey, like, you know, he has a runny nose. Like, I'm just letting you know, like, he's fine. But they just know that, like, I'm attentive <laughs> and that I'm noticing things. Like, he scratched his face today. Like, they don't have to worry that, you know, someone is not watching his every move. And um, just like, as mamas worry, I think sometimes we assume that bio parents, don't love their kids as much or aren't as attentive. And that has not been my case at all, at all, at all. Like all of the bio moms and dads that I've worked with, like love their kids and are so worried about them. And I think that if we as foster parents, if we could just acknowledge, just kind of make up a good story, if you don't know it, because the truth is we don't know what these parents have been through. And I think it's so much easier to assume negative stories Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like it's to our benefit, their benefit, to the kids' benefit, to unless there is something that you know that is like absolutely 100% dangerous that is preventing you from having contact, like unless you know that for sure, like let's make up good stories. <laughs> let's pretend that these parents like really love their kids and are really worried about them and like would love contact and a relationship and that they're open to you and that they're kind and all of these things. And I think if we go into it with that assumption, then like we can start a relationship versus if we just stay in this place of being afraid, then we're never going to know (laughs) if we're right or wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where we just, we can miss out a lot. Absolutely. That's such a good point that like, we don't know until we know and until we try, I think there's definitely like times where I've connected super well with bio mama to my kids. There's other times where it's been a really hard season. And it's like, just because there's a hard season doesn't mean there won't be a really good season. There's always something that you can do to continue moving forward towards that person. Because at the end of the day, we're all just sinners. Like we all just need Jesus. Like we all just need, we're all just in need of grace. So there's no right or wrong or better or worse. It's like, Come on, we can just love each yeah. other. And if you're like you are someone who's in it for the kids, like the best way you can be for the kid is for their parents. Yeah. I just keep thinking, you know, if anything were to ever happen, like if reunification is taken off the table and I end up adopting this baby or any child that's in my home, like I want to be able to look him in the eye one day and to tell him like, I did absolutely everything that I oh, could yeah. think of <laughs> to love and to support your mom. And like, look at these pictures. Like here's a picture of all of us together. Your first yeah. Halloween, like how mm-hmm. special would that, will that be? I love that photo. We got a picture of like his parents and me and my husband and my son all together. And I'm like, how special will that be Ugh. for you? Just to know that like you had four parents for a season, mm-hmm. <laughs> however long that is, you had four parents who really loved you and tried really hard to work together to support you. Cause that's how he will benefit the most is if we can be in a good connection. 
100%. Absolutely. I think about like, my kids don't like it. Like when my husband and I argue sometimes, you know, it's just like, of course they don't want their like, it doesn't matter which parents or who or how they know each other, how they're connected. They want peace and harmony and unity as much as possible. So Emily, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom with us. How can people connect with you online and keep following along with your family's journey? Yeah, uh, mostly on Instagram. I'm Emily, I think underscore Smith Hart on Instagram. And I'll yeah, keep some updates there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time yeah. to chat with us. Yeah, thanks so much.